Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Good evening, Hunand, Mulwini, and a hearty welcome to the Shahida Kahali Show. And I'm thinking of the people who are listening, who are tuned into the show, kind of the world over while I'm saying hello to all of you. <laughs> I sometimes get messages from people and I've just had the show and I'll get messages from London, from Jeddah, from different parts of the world who will just say, we listened to you, we thought it was good. And so I want to say I want to greet all of those people who are listening, you know, and who's far away, perhaps even in Africa or Southern Africa, but in other provinces. I'd like to welcome you to the program and and thank you for listening to the program. So we have this week and next week in which we will continue to speak with Amin Mohammed and we continue to have our focus on drugging behavior and different aspects of it. So I attended a lecture, in fact, two lectures in last week, in which we focused on the love relationship that um, the person forms you know with the drug and in the lecture there was the the comparison made if we can understand how we feel when we're in love and nothing else matters that that is very much or very often how the drug you know feels and or brings to the life of the drugging person and then when the person has detoxed and when the person you know is clean often then the question of as in when you've had a love relationship ending what now who now who what do i put in place how do i look after me how do i fill that void because there is a void um that sense of emptiness a sense of loss um you know how do i do that that was one of the angles that that was looked at at in this lecture the other was the real impact of uh the spiritual side of us aiding that and giving us a sense of self and filling that void with the relationship with the creator um, as one of the the aspects and, and one of the most phenomenal ways to kind of almost be in the baby steps of the way forward so i mean welcome to the program assalamu alaikum and just you know if we can start then your thoughts on that because you've walked the road yes Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Shahida, I just want to ask you with your permission only, if I can perhaps just over the years just wish my daughter, Tashrika, uh, a happy birthday. Absolutely, let's just start the yes. program like that. Please wish you her. You know, um, I've got a daughter that's just become a teenager, and so last night she said to me, "Can you do you know what happened 13 years ago, like say tomorrow? And I said to her, I can't even, I don't even know what happened two weeks ago. How do you expect me to know what happens 13 years ago? Yes. Or what happened 13 years ago? <laughs> and she said to me, I'm going to be a teen tomorrow. So oh, I said, what does that sweet. mean to yes. you? And then she went on, she told me like 13, uh-huh. 14, yes. 15. Do you get the picture, Daddy? <laughs> In any case, Tashrika, if you're listening from Mommy and I, Aisha, uh, and your baby uh, sister, um, Tahira, we want to wish you everything of the best for your way forward and Mubarak for becoming a prefect at the Muhammadiyah Primary School as well. Uh, we wish you everything of the best. Next year you're going to high school, inshallah. May Allah Ta'ala grant you everything that is good and pure. Uh, and we say shukran to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Auz billahi minash shaitan rajim bismillahir rahmanir rahim. Now before you go any, any further, yes. I just want to say, and Tashrika, you know what? 
when your dad came to the studio this evening, he says to me, you know my in-laws you kind of grew up with them i'm thinking well who can this be well i just want to say a happy birthday to you as well and my goodness you know i grew up with your grandma and granddad so yeah i, I don't know whether you call them pa and ma that's exactly um, what she calls them. well you know and i don't want her to make the math in terms of yeah. auntie shahida's age range that she's in yeah. but just to want to wish you a long salih umar and lots um, and lots um, of beauty um. in your life and happiness and well-being inshallah and also to shahima and muhammad to say assalamu alaikum it's so good to know that my good you the, the parents-in-law of Amin and I did not even know. Yes. So now you can start. I'm grateful to be a servant, you know, of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And I'm grateful for all the ni'mas and the gifts that Allah ta'ala has bestowed upon me. Alhamdulillah. And on the ummah of Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And having blessed us with such a great personality as a mercy unto mankind. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah for that. And so before we start our program, um, you know, there's just been a request that we must go to commercial news, which we will do. When we come back, we will start the program. So stay with us. Are you warding stuff and just don't want to let go? Well, the Voice of the Cape gives you the platform to sell your unwanted goods on the VOC garage sale. Salam Muhammad Zain. Listen, man, I have a table here with six chairs that I want to sell for 500 rand. VOC garage sale. Assalamu alaikum. Salam. I sit over locker that I go to go for the only other mass of 300 rand. What is over locker? The VOC Garage Sale giving you the platform to sell your unwanted goods every Friday evening between 7 and 8. And remember, this is for your personal goods, not for business. This is your chance to shine. VOC is once again looking for the gems in our community. You should ideally have a background in radio or the media industry or you are well spoken and understand the community we serve. You must also be of the ages of 18 and older and have an appreciation for radio. Then you might just have what it takes to make the grade as a VOC presenter. Send an email with your CV to Mishka D at vocfm.co.za. Fax us on 021 double four double seven two seven one or call Mishka on O two one double four two three five double O. Deadline for applications are the thirteenth of April twenty thirteen. Please note, this is for volunteer purposes only. Due date for the presenter search has been extended to midnight on the 27th of April 2013. The Voice of the Cape, 91.3 FM Stereo. Here we are. I was on the air when I said, here we are. <laughs> well, you know, that's when you are on the air and that's when the red light catches you out. Well, we will start our program now again as we have introduced. Amin Mohammed is my guest and our focus is drugs. We spoke about that we will touch on understanding the love relationship, but importantly for us is to kind of get it to the point where we then help 
people who have come out of the drugging behavior and to acknowledge that there needs to be what now, something to put into place, mm. and then also the the important choice um, in terms of the, the relationship with your creator. So, I mean, if you will. Yeah, you, you know, Shahida, I'm going to try to explain this love relationship in terms of an analogy where a person sort of loses a loved one. And, and if you can also but just assist me, you know, to clarify, you know, the sort of uh, love relationships that we have, uh, you know, with a drug. Um, love is normally thought to be something between two living things, mm -hmm. uh, male and female. Uh, and so on. Uh, it could even be between, you know, between like father, daughter, daughter, son, whatever, grandparents and so on. The ones we have just earlier expressed on the radio. And so, you know, when we lose something or somebody that we love, we sort of pine and we sort of like feel the hurt and we feel the pain that we've sort of like lost somebody and so on. And we s we need to sort of like fill that void of almost like losing your mother, that type of thing. And, you know, so so what creativity is there now that your mother is not there anymore? What do you do? Who are you now going to phone? Because you've got certain set things where you phone your mother, mommy, are you okay? And so on. And the first difficulty that the that the addict has or that I had rather if I can rather explain to you from my side or from my perspective because then we understand it better is that I couldn't see the relationship between something that was dead like a drug and something which is alive and, okay. and just on that I would want to just stop for a minute and share a thought mm. the difference that is significant that we need to acknowledge though the analogy is made mm. that there is a respectful good love relationship between mm. two human beings mm. the, the relation we're talking about um, God consciously approved relationships yeah. mm. but the drug love relationship yes, is with an inanimate yes. um, object That's which correct. means it's not a human object mm. that has a response mm. and also it is not a good relationship we yes. need to just differentiate yes. these two yes you know yeah yes uh, and, and, and and you know uh, Shaida um, I wanted to use that word inanimate mm -hmm. but sometimes I also need to explain it you know we everybody stuff understands mm -hmm. and so on and and basically the thing here is it is that this drug is a dead thing it there's no you know it doesn't sort of like you can't talk to it but somehow you do have a conversation with it or it sort of like impacts onto you and it is something that you sort of like develop over the number of years uh, or, or number of months or weeks or days even you start having this relationship with this thing okay for instance you tend to clean it okay you tend to treat it with respect um, you need I'm saying you sort of like think about it you do exactly what you do with something that is living like your spouse or anything like that um, you sort of get into a taxi to go and fetch it. So that becomes a chore. It becomes your job. Um, you are there always on time. 
if it's if we are like especially more especially with heroin addicts when they start going through this thing called cold turkey they need to have it like right now that type of thing so it's exactly like that so the question that comes up is more often than not why is it so difficult for you to kick that habit because you've got that relationship with that thing okay and I think the other side or the other people, if you can call them other people, or the, other pe- or the people on the other side of this particular boundary, can't seem to fathom what is making this relationship tick. It's almost like you're having um, you know, a, a, a love relationship with somebody um, and your parents say, but, you know, that's a bad guy. Can't you see it? And you say, no, I can't see it. And they, for the love of them, they cannot see who you're ridden near. They cannot see the logic between, you know, of how you reason. Okay. So basically, the first thing that is absent is this thing of, our, of reason. You're reasoning on a different type of level. Okay. So when I thought to myself, Ya Allah, okay, so I, I give it up. But at that moment in time, it doesn't strike me about me having this relationship. I'm in this rehab, and suddenly this thing is now gone. Yeah. And now I'm thinking to myself, I'm thinking about it. I am, you know, dreaming about it. I am consuming this thing. And then actually, you know, I'm, I'm starting to miss it, Shahida. And now I want to, I, I feel for it. I want, it's, a, it's a need, it's a want, I must have it now type of thing. I develop all these things. And what I think of is that, or what I should think of is that I've been placed here as part of punishment because now you are robbing me of my pleasure. And I think, it, you, you know, know it's, it's like some yeah. people, if I can just say this more clearly, mm-hmm. it's almost like, you know, and, and, and I think that you will have a better understanding of this. If some person that you love so much passes on, you know, nobody can deny this. At least for myself, I can say I was angry with Allah at one time, you know, and I said, Ya Allah, how could you have done that? So it's almost, it's, it is something like that, you know, uh, where you show sort of like anger. You've got now mood swings about so, and, it. And, and really one can also explain it perhaps from this point of view. So the anger can be attached to anything, any person, mm-hmm. and it's an anger that is often projected. Yes. So there's often um, what we call, uh, what is the word now? Displaced anger. So, but if you look at human beings, because what you're saying, you, you tried to explain it that human beings will feel this if they lost a loved one. Yes. Now, if we base it on research, mm. and particularly the name that comes up is Elizabeth Kubler-Ross, a, a lady who has worked and done extensive research for years. She's renowned in the therapeutic sphere as the person who had studied the stages that people go through mm. of, after they've lost a person or something. So when you stop drugging, it would also be felt as a loss because there's an absence of something. Mm. One of the stages would be anger. There would be denial, which which you had described it differently at some stage where you will say, it's typical de- be- mm. denial be- mm. um, behavior. So there's the shock then the first 
you know, um, and denial, mm. then there's bargaining mm. that happens, th- that type of uh, thought processes. Mm. There's anger. When later there is acceptance comes the depression, mm. although anger and depression, in my mind, goes through differently. Mm. It, it, it presents itself differently. But you will see then that when there's the acceptance of I've now had a loss, I need to put something in place. But accompanying that there will still be some some sadness. Hence the, the importance of a maintenance program mm. that attends to the heart journey also mm. of the recovering addict. Yes. Definitely. You know, you cannot deny that. Yeah. And then for the net finner, it's time for ads. When we come back, then your thoughts are in. Shahida Kali and I'm speaking with Amin Muhammad and just to say shukran for the person who sent in the SMS um, who referred to a full hour that we have together to chat and yes we enjoy it and we find it as special as you are so um, thank you for that SMS Amin you before the uh, or in the break you were going to respond to um this when you are in bereavement mm. and the struggle of the carer to understand that yes you, you know shayda a person must always realize or be mindful of the fact that um, no person no sane person just woke up one morning and said i'm going to take drugs okay although we've now finished discussing the process by which drug addiction takes place and so on, and the process by which that happens. To undo that lot, the first thing that is undeniable in the recovery of the process of the affected person is one of abstinence, total abstinence. And you've mentioned something that is key to the, persona- to the personality of a person in recovery is one of bargaining is one that when a person sort of um, loses something or wants to give up something or is giving up or has given up something right the bereavement that follows but also on the other side the caregivers you know response to that bereavement you know it shocks the you know the person even further um, in terms of, I am now off drugs, and now I go through this motion of bereavement and, and so on. I'm at a loss. I don't know how to fill this gap. And suddenly, the either your husband or your wife or your uncle or your father tells you or your mother tells you, How come like you're not so depressed? How come like you're not so depressed? You're not so depressed. You're not so depressed. You're not so depressed. You're not so depressed. You're not so 
I think what needs to happen is that, let us say, you, you know, you must have empathy. And I, th- I think one of the ways in which to say so, so just if, if people were to ask, how do you, how do you have empathy? One of the, or the ways in which you can consider to have empathy is, for example, to say to the person, I understand your pain of your journey, um, perhaps very gently to remind mm. you that this is a good journey. This is a journey that is going to take you to a good outcome. That's right. Is there any way in which I can help you in a constructive way yes. to walk this journey? Yes. You must also understand, Shahida, that there's been years, this is not a month, this mm-hmm. is not a week. Mm-hmm. This journey for me has taken 30 years. Yes. Right. So, the thing here is, now, what expect you now? Now, you have to say, you have to say, you know what I mean? Of course, one I'm saying, that. what do you now expect? Yeah. Uh, when does it know, end? When does it end? I'm saying, yes. when am I going to get my life back? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. so so these are key issues. It's frustrating, you know, walking the journey of a recovering person. Um, that one thing that I want to encourage our listeners to to do is, is that if our, if the caregivers are not going to walk this journey with their loved ones, then relapse is inevitable. You know, because then you're going to get other things taking place like rejection. Um, you know, abandonment, abandonment, um, and not only that. You know the, you know what I normally do was I isolate. I go into self exile. I exile myself. I go into self isolation. I, I sort of isolate myself because I've got no voice. With you, I've got no voice, and so a person needs to understand. You know, um, we must as caregivers, we must do not good things we must do right things and as you said that we need to take responsible behavior towards that and say that fine yeah i think but i'd like to come back to Mm. something that you had said in past Mm. uh, programs Mm. what helps the carer Mm. is if you are clear about and you are able to see there's accountability Mm. of the reform of the addict yes That's number one. Number two is that the addict listens. And why I'm mentioning this is if you you continue to have a relationship with your carer where the carer also doesn't have a voice. Mm. I'm not listening to you. You're not listening to me. And and praat oor and, you know, very often it, it would be parents. Yes. And that recovering addict will not give that parent a time to express something Mm -hmm. they have boundaries often um, recovering addicts will still continue to fight against the boundaries and those are are um, issues that makes it very difficult for the carer to walk alongside the recovering addict yes because you know what it uh, uh, you know Shada we should have like this lady in this one SMS said to me now, Mijia may see I trick all my krach at my eight. Yeah. I can't anymore. I'm sure. Okay. I'm sure. Now that's a very painful thing. I can understand the lady's yeah. pain. Okay. 
He's been to rehab and he's, he, he, you know, he's just sapping up all my energy. I, I don't know anymore. Don't I have, uh, are you perhaps a life coach? And so I must still respond to that. But the important thing that was mentioned to you, uh, that you actually mentioned now was, as we have got empathy for the recovering person, yes. we must also have empathy for and, the carer. and uh, sympathy for the, for the carer. And I think there needs to be a level of respect for the road that that carer has walked. Definitely. And so this is not a person who has just come on a task, mm. who's still fresh in the thing, who can climb out the mountain. Mm. It's not like that. Yes. This is a person who is who wants to so walk the road. tired. Yes, and wants so to walk tired. the road with you. Yeah. He, he's got one crutch and you've got the other crutch and that makes both of you go forward. Right. But, but, the, but the carer is the carer is legitimately tired yes. also. Yes, legitimately so. Yes. So, okay. so often... There is the expectation from the recovering addict mm. or even people who work with a carer. So, yeah. you know, people, family, for example, it's like, what's your issue? You know? Well, not only that, you are now the cause for pushing this person going yes. the way he does. So, so it's the, there so. is also a constancy of, at times, mm. and very, very often, mm. of the carer, the expectation of the carer, and I have to just say something. Mm. I don't know what percentage, but my goodness, most often it is the mothers who have to do that. They have yes. to walk that road and walk it and walk it, and the father walks away, or the mm. father can say, Ik ga slap. Mm. Mm. And so it, you know, and, and really one wants to acknowledge that these carers. Mm. And particularly these mothers need support and empathy and encouragement, but needs support that they can walk alongside that, you know, Shada, that the, addict. The scenario, sorry man, that you've just described now, yeah. where the father sort of like walks away or turns his back yes. or abandons the mother or the other way around it can work both ways also. Or the sister or the brother just turns his back because hello no smasu. Uh, they're tired, you yeah. know, they can't anymore. And often genuinely yes. so. Uh, yes, yes, no, definitely. Yes. We are not doubting that. Uh, yes. You know, that's not our the issue at this. But the important thing here is we must understand one thing. Mensa, the addict sees that. And that is the job of the addict to sort of like destroy everything in its wake to destroy families and to make sure that they do not speak with one voice. I just want to say to the listeners, no matter how tough it is, we've got to speak with one voice and the stronger one, again, we're coming back to the old stuff now, that the stronger one takes up the lead of taking up or throwing down the gauntlet. I, uh, yes, I'd like to also speak more about that because I, I'm wanting for us to attend to 
the reality of what often plays itself out. But just to want to say an SMS that come through that I'd like for us to attend to because it is about what we're speaking about and perhaps we need to just explain again to the person who had sent in the SMS. It says, I've noticed many times that when the drugs have stopped, a mm. substitute starts, for example, alcohol. Mm. So, sir or madam, the person who sent the SMS, how we've explained is when the drugging behavior stops, there's a void in the life of the addict mm. because they have a relationship with the drug. Mm. So when the relationship then stops, mm. they're wanting to feed that, that um, sense of emptiness that they have. The unfortunate thing is that it, it then gets filled again with something that isn't the better. In the recovery process, therefore, it is so important that time gets spent with the addict, that one that the addict is helped to choose a healthy filler, if one wants to call it that, a healthy substitute to the sense of emptiness. Often we see the relationship with the creator is what helps in a huge way. Um, your 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 response to that? Yes. Uh, you know, I, I just want to say to the listeners, you know, even if we lose a loved one or some person that we hold dearly or anything like that, the only thing that we can go to or the only person that we can go to or turn to is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And we that see is, the healing, yeah. And and, and yeah. with that, that is the only place that we can turn to, yes. go to, and say, Our Rabb, we are at your door of mercy, we are at your door of love, and we are at your door of pain, or whatever it is, and we are knocking so loudly, help us. And, and that's your door of guaranteed yes. healing. Yes. That is one thing people have to understand. So when people say, and even let's look, I'm a psychologist. Mm. So I'm going to say you have to, you have to look at it and, and our approach would be biopsychosocial, spiritual. Yes, that's what we're talking about. Yes. And also vocational. For example, yes. the person also needs work. Well. But, but coming back to it, one wants to say that your first, one almost needs to, to start with spiritual. Mm. Because your first place of healing, think, mm. we need to think of it, if we've love, lost a loved one, what do we do? The mm. first place we go to is dua. Yes. Even in those angry feelings, yes. often the first focus is Allah, the Creator. Mm. And so when we have start our healing process from there, mm. That's a way or one of the parts of that fills the void yes. that allows for one not to go to alcohol. Yes. For example, I'm so, so absolutely sad. Mm. And the way in which I'm going to get better now is when I am just quiet with my Lord and I'm mm. making dhikr. Mm. And then I feel my heart full of bitchy bitter. Mm. I mean, don't we say that? Yes. You know, there was a question off the topic, but I do think it's important. 
There was a question in one of these Q&A programs of VOC when the person spoke about Siva'ana, Wonertana, Fiertagana, of Zikermaak, of Gadatan. You know, it was kind of a question around that. That's very typical. Mm. If there's a loss, there's a feeling of turning to Allah. Yes. So can one see it like, oh, I'm reminded by the loss. Yes. I'm reminded when death happened to my family member, that's what it's supposed to do with, yes. to us. That we, it, it reminds us to focus mm. in regard to our turning to our creator. Mm. And so from there would often flow the whatever you know so but in the recovering person's process how critically important that is as a part of the biopsychosocial and yes. all of the other parts you, you know say that whenever a, um, a human being has lost something they always turn to you know to prayer mm-hmm. and whether it's the right thing or to have the Siva on, that's a different, you know, matter or topic on its own. I was really uh, referring to yes, the, the yes, need for the need for in the, times of loss. Yes, I'm also talking about that. And and so the point I'm making here is that, you know, when we lose something, we go for prayer. Mm-hmm. Uh, when we lose our car, a uh, car has been stolen, then we say, Ya Allah. Replace for me something better than what we have lost. I mean, and so that already is a du'a on its own. Um, I just want to say that prayer is the first point for me, or it is the first point for me um, in the healing process of myself. And and perhaps just to support to that, support that I, just want I sorry, I I would want to just mention I have the book at home. Mm. Um, so I have the source also. The book is written and makes reference to research and theses and papers that had been written mm. on prayer as a part of the healing process across different religions, across different cultures, uh, denominations, mm. ages, and so on. It's proven mm. that prayer is an aid or makes allows for healing to take place. Yes, the, you, you know, Shayda, there's another thing that, that, that just comes to my mind. You know, um, I walked into a shop today, um, and if you look at the way Panther's shoes used to make the, the shoes, you know, with the heels and the soles and all of that, and if you look at the way shoes have been made today, uh, you know, it's sort of like just plastic and it's... It, it's sort of like you can't even see the stitching anymore and so on. The point I'm trying to drive at is, you know, look how man has taken to change. And when there's change, it's always is rejected. So from the out, outset, I'm changing now for something else. So therefore, I've got to, you know, as an instinctive thing, you know, I've got to stuff like say, I've got to guard myself against it, so therefore I rather reject it. I rather want to see what this is going to do for us over a period of time. And once there is a proven track record, then I will do something about it. And, and just to, you know, kind of also add to what your thought is, is for the, the acknowledgement that in the time of drugging, there is um, there's a safety that 
that the drugging person gets mm. that is that will then be resistant to change. Yes. You know, it's a comfort zone in yeah. which they are yeah. and therefore it's hard to contemplate change. Yeah. And, and and these are things that we need to acknowledge when we're mm. working with people mm. who are now in the process of of really stopping the drugging behavior. We need to take commercial news when we come back. We will continue to share thoughts mm. around the aspects of drugging behavior, but also to invite you to send us an SMS and comment um, you know, on the program, if you have any questions, then you're welcome to ask us and, and to send it on the regular SMS number, which is 47913. You can also be a part of the program by phoning on the number 021-442-3530. So stay with us. Don't go away. Welcome back. I'm Shahida Akali and I'm speaking with Amin Mohammed. Our focus is on drugs and different aspects of drugs. Um, and I, you know, we, we spoke and, and Amin, I'd like for Amin to uh, comment about the what did the impact of spirituality mean for Amin and personally. But before we get there, there is an SMS because I think we can work it into, um, you know, the answer to this SMS. There's an SMS that says, what does an addict do after a rehab program? And so kind of almost giving an answer, the person says to keep busy and that holds a lot of truth now we can bring in vocational like working and then you can also bring in the spiritual side when you encountered it because i'm sure it wasn't the first time that you had encountered spirituality or you know quranic text Mm. or holy text but what stood out for you you know shayda if i can perhaps just say to you i've been to a, a lot of rehabs from Cape Town to Durban, uh, right into Johannesburg, and so on. When a person enters a RIA program, a person basically tries to say to the people out there, you know what, I'm trying to seek help, you know. And that is the first message that you are sort of like, sort of wanting to give to your, you know, to the people that care about you more than that I also want to say to you that every time I entered the rehab program and I came out I used to be this good person of drugs and so on but there was something very big lacking in this whole equation that was one of spirituality um and I then entered into a program the last time that I went to this non-registered rehab. I went into this program and some Sheikh, Sheikh Tariq Appleby, you know, said to me, there's lots of gifts in studying the 40 ahadith of a beloved Prophet wasallam." And I then jumped for that opportunity because it's almost like, you know, because to me, uh, nothing matters. You actually wanted to put it to the test. test. Yes. And believe you me, the test works. Because 
The first Ahadith says, or that I've studied, is that, you know, one of your purity and sincerity of your intention, you know, by Allah. So if you do, if you make salah, and if, if you just make salah without saying, Ya Allah, I'm going to make the salah now for whatever purpose, and that's now that salah and so on, then you're actually doing nothing, you know. If you're taking a ghusl and, you know, you don't make a dua, then obviously that's just like taking another shower, okay. But if you do it with an intention of saying, Allah, I am doing this to purify my body, then Allah doesn't only purify your body, He He purifies your soul, He purifies your mind, He goes beyond, you know, what we see, okay? And so also, there's another hadith that says, treat people with kindness. And so automatically, you know, I far too often see at rehab centers with this, you know, you know, fighting taking place, um, you know, that type of thing. People don't know how to speak to each other as human beings, you know. And, you know, you need to interact with yourself first and you need to say to yourself, is this what I want for me? You know, do I want this to happen to me? Certainly not. I want people to respect me, so you've got to give respect, you understand? And so, there's lots of gifts in studying the 40 ahadith of our beloved Prophet wasallam. And but as I applied this, mm-hmm. and as I studied this, you know, a new journey awaited me, mm-hmm. because suddenly I was not fearful of Allah, but I was fearful of what Allah's wrath would be if I would do something wrong. So therefore, the idea of me saying, okay, I should drink out one box of beer for the evening. Instead, you know what, Shayla? I'm only drinking one tot of whiskey. So we try to rationalize, we try to minimize. So those types of things now become void for us, or for me rather. And those were the gifts that I really started to enjoy. And once I saw um, that I can't have the same playing grounds and the same playing fields by Allah, then, you know, by Allah's terms and conditions, I've got to change my akhlaq. I've got to change my mannerism. So I can't walk around with a number 6 or 26 chappi on me anymore. I've got to walk around with the chappi of Allah. And so, you know, what you're describing is how... It fulfills it, your it, dignity. Yeah, and it's a process of, of allowing it. You read it. You thought about it. It touches your heart. It touches your iman. But you know, and, and really, Allah, Allah is so merciful, alhamdulillah, because alhamdulillah. we know that we can be presented by all the things, but Allah will change the heart. Yes. And, but Allah will change the heart. And I mean, we are, we are reminded that Allah will change the people who wishes to change themselves. Yes. So you had put yourself on that journey. But now, Shahida, let's, I just want yeah? to say something very, very important that you've yeah. just embarked on now. You know, Shahida, 
there's a very big thing that I, as a recovering person, took upon myself. Mm-hmm. And that I realized when I did this, I've got to be a willing participant mm. in this whole journey. In this new journey, mm-hmm. I've got to be a willing participant. Okay. And if I'm not that willing participant, it's going to become burdensome for me. Okay, so not only do you have to be a willing participant, like you say, you also need to be the the participant that is seeing something, you're now seeing boundaries, because if yes. you're having drugging behavior, there's no boundaries, really. Yes. So you've you've now committed yourself to boundaries. Yes. You've committed yourself to change. Mm. You've committed yourself to a different chappy that you're going to wear. Yes. So there's really that commitment there. I just, you know, we need to take commercial news, and when we come back, we will continue with that. But I'd like to see to to help the person who's who sent the message in terms of keeping busy mm. to see how therefore this is a way in which you unpack if i have 24 hours a day how can i structure my day to keep busy differently so there mm. would be work there would be time of salah time of dhikr time to socialize time to do sport time to eat mm. time to sleep and that's what fills the day hey, so keeping busy has to be has to include mm. all of the different aspects of us being a fulfilled yes. human being yes. stay with us going by i mean it's almost time for us to end the program but we have an sms that's very important for us to to speak about because we also see how drugs take one to um, becoming involved with the police and getting caught and going to jail and and all of such not really really not liquor experiences for the person and also for the loved ones Mm. so this is a 27 year old who's married have three boys Um, one of the people involved was caught by the police with Mm. took and then this person lady finds out it was her husband also involved and so she's saying I want to send him to a rehab and it's a rehab where they also work on your developing your iman or strength your iman I feel so scared she says I'm making dua that Allah will make him stronger so firstly one wants to say continue to make dua that is vitally important Mm. that Allah will guide him and grant insight sooner rather than later Mm. but just the issue on I want to send him to a rehab your thoughts you know Shayla that's it's it's quite a difficult thing for me to answer Um, you know, it's it's a sort of like a double double edged sword. It's taking off an altar you can't have. Um, my thing would be, and um, I stand by what I say, is that my my understanding is you cannot force somebody to go to a rehab. But it's like you've mentioned. Sometimes you've just got to force them into a situation, you know. I'm not saying that, that you are saying we're just having an open discussion while the while the commercial break was taking place. But you know, if you force somebody into a situation, and by Allah, there is hidayah that is given, 
and the person recovers what then you know um yeah i i i'm at a loss when 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 i hear this type of of argument taking place um I'm just one that would rather, because I'm one of those people that actually got Hidayah that way. Because people just sort of like snapped me up. I was in court, you know. But also at that time, I was sort of like saying to myself, I'm throwing myself at the mercy of Allah. And then the next best thing happened where these people sort of like caught me and said to me that they waited for me all this time and then took me to this particular rehab. Um... If that person could perhaps just contact me and uh, yeah, maybe, you know, something can happen. Uh, I would really appreciate if, if that person could like, actually yeah. call me. I, I'm going to be uh, sharing your cell phone number and we are very, very quickly going to the end of the program. Um, just to say another SMS that had come through and we want to say shukran, you know, to people who are making these comments as well. Um, it is very encouraging. It, it's an, an SMS address to both of us. And the person says, my heart always goes out to the people with these problems. Mm. I always Always listen to you guys mm. and I like the statement that Amin made about the Salah there I learned again Allahu Akbar keep up oh. the good work mm. um, and Salam and, and the person says lekker sloppies okay. so yes certainly we will be lekker sloppies mm. a little bit later but but certainly I think just the appreciation of what one wanted to say uh, I think if we bring the program together is to say we acknowledge that there will be a void after the person has stopped the drugging behavior. Mm. There needs to be acknowledgement. And filling that, the first step would be the relationship with the Creator mm. to strengthen that bond of with prayer and, and interaction and communication with the Creator. Mm. Even in your language, mm. you speak with Allah and you ask Allah, mm. please make my heart better, fill my heart, guide me, show me what it is that I'm supposed to do that is really going to help me and keep me strong, inshallah. Mm. So, so really we spoke, we also spoke about the acknowledging the the journey of the person who is a surviving addict and how it important it is to have empathy with that journey notwithstanding that we have to have empathy with the carer mm. who has been through a lot of trauma themselves okay. i mean i just want to mention your cell phone number which is 078 390 9011 that's 0783909 double one my thoughts also i'm also torn between you know it is it's it's if one can encourage a person to go to the rehab and they make the choice mm. is your first and best scenario mm. the next is even if fellas twierson you're able to take them the first time i'm particularly talking about inshallah we make dua that it is going to be helpful and that change will come from that i mean i'd like to greet and say shukran for your contribution to the program tonight shukran it was again to you. really very good and the fact that we took you away from tashrika's party please i'm sure she's sleeping now <laughs> but please tell her thank you yes. that we could have a daddy here on on yes. her birthday and say shukran to your wife as well that um, you know we yeah. have borrowed you from your family yes. and we really appreciate no it problem. so shukran and assalamu alaikum wa alaikum assalam lika slapis